Hello, and welcome to episode four of Torquem Talk. We're super excited to have these two guests on today, Adam McBoy and Mark Henderson. Uh, Adam ran track at UC Berkeley, and Mark swam for UC Berkeley. Uh, Mark even went on to win gold for the Atlantic Games in 96. The two of them went on to form the Athletes Village, which is a new company that is basically the Quora for athletes. It's an amazing resource where athletes of any age and or their parents can go in and ask things like, what should I be eating? What should I be training with? Um, how do I deal with game day stress? All this stuff, this resources that I wish I had when I was an athlete but didn't exist is now available. And so we get into details on how this works and how many people they've helped and all the great stuff that it's been doing. So if you are an athlete, definitely stay tuned for this. Or if you're a parent of an athlete, this is a podcast for you. Um, so please enjoy the conversation between me, Adam, and Mark. So Mark and Adam, tell us a bit about the Athletes Village. Uh, very simply, it is a must for any athlete, coach, parent to go to to find the best answers for their personal questions in sports. Okay. And what what's it... Um, is it online? Is it an app? Or how do, how do people find yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's a web application right now. Okay. Soon it'll be a mobile application as well. But that's yeah, a place you can post questions, get answers that are relevant, trusted from you know reliable sources like pro athletes, Olympians. Yeah, it's really cool. It actually surprises the upside. It's an interactive site, like he said, where you can go on and ask questions and you know, we have people on there all the way from Olympic gold medalists to pro athletes, mm -hmm. all the way down to, you know, kids competing at the youth level, sharing their experiences. So it's been kind of shocking to us how quickly this thing has grown. What, if, um, what are some of, like, the, the best examples you guys have been seeing as been helping kids out or parents with, um, like, going on? Like, it's, it's like a Quora kind of for sports, right? Yeah, but I think when you look at all the negative things that are happening in youth sports or in sports in general in this day and age, it's... What do you mean by negative? So you're looking at uh, increasing injury rates. Um, every 25 seconds, yeah, every yeah. 25 seconds in the U.S., a, a child under the age of 18 is brought to the ER with a youth sports-related injury every wow. 25 seconds. So, and on top of that, we have increasing dropout rates. So with those two things um, out there, a lot of the reasons that these things are happening is misinformation. So mm -hmm. you have kids that are being forced into specifying in one sport at a very young age, which is causing a lot of overtraining injuries, which is one of the main reasons, 50% of the reasons that you're seeing kids going to the ER with injuries, right? And so if we can get out there and we can get some of the people that parents look up to mm -hmm. and young athletes look up to to say, hey, here's what I did. You know, here's what I tried to avoid. And a lot of that is, you know, if you look at all the statistics that revolve around the Olympics, say 2010, they did a poll of athletes. 82% of the athletes played multiple sports all the way up until high school. If you were to go and ask any parent, I think, out there, just the normal parent and their kids are playing sports, hey, do you think your kid needs to specialize young to compete you know, at a high level? Right. I would say 90, 99% of them are gonna say yes. It's kind of like the Tiger Woods syndrome, I would call it. You know, you see an example of somebody who was forced into early specialization and then achieved, you know, 
superstar status at the top of the sport, but that doesn't mean it's right for everybody. Right. And going back to the injuries that you were talking about, well, you know, one of the most important things to preventing injuries in young athletes is is a complete development of all the muscle groups, not just specific muscle groups. Mm-hmm. Especially the sports like baseball or golf or even tennis, where it's so like one sided, it's you're not developing the rest. Do you see some body. questions that you're just like right away like, oh wow, I'm like for you, for you guys, it's just like common sense. I mean, uh, growing up both playing sports, but you, you keep on seeing it asked over and over again. There's some questions that have come on there that have been really kind of almost scary. Um, we've had to really rush out and try to find experts in those fields. Like we've gotten a lot of eating disorder questions and okay. some of the things we're learning as we go, but some of the things that we've learned in that specific field is that, you know, those, those type that, that can spread on a team. Like say one of the best girls on the team or one of the best boys on the team has some type of eating disorder mm-hmm. and the other teammates see them getting lighter and they start questioning, oh, you're going to eat that, you know, while they're out together, then it starts to spread. And mm-hmm. it's something we didn't know about. But, you know, we've seen thousands of views, you know, come from around the world of, you know, questions that pertain to certain things like that. Wow, that's that's interesting. Um, well, to talk about the uh, awesome elephant rule, this is the first time I've ever hold Olympic gold medal. It's awesome. Feel like I can knock somebody out with this thing. It's pretty great. So, Mark, you won this back in 1996, right? Yep. And that was the um, what event? Uh, it was the 400 medley relay in Atlanta, Georgia. Can you describe that experience? It was unbelievable. I mean, it's. Um, I think athletes tend to tell you there's so many backstories going on mm-hmm. that it's hard to really like get across to people what was going through my mind at the time. But you know, picture 20 years of training going into one event one particular piece of time. You know, another side to it was that it was the first time in the history of swimming that we were not favored to win that event. We had never lost that event in international competition and we were actually favored to lose by a by length and a half. Wow. And so um Did that to the Russian you? team. Oh, it just got us, you know, we live for that. Yeah. You know, it's it was another reason to fire us up. But also all of us had been bred through NC two A's where relays are such a big part of the point scoring, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how to have amazing relay starts and just get fired up you mm-hmm. know, and, and be ready for it. So, you know, it, it was last event of swimming for the Olympics. And so the crowd was pretty riled up. So it was a pretty amazing experience. What was, what was the biggest takeaway from that experience looking back? Sounds pretty cliche and it really fits into what we're doing, but it's it takes a village. There's no way that I would have done that or competed at that level if I didn't, if it wasn't for my parents giving up so much time and, and energy, you know, to bring me to practice at four o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning or, you know, giving up their weekends or my coaches that I had, you know, my friends that were supportive even when I was in high school, um, my, my teammates, my physical therapists, my nutritionists, my, you know, you name it, my weight coaches. So it was a combined effort. Definitely. What do you think would have happened if the Athletes Village existed before your Olympian status and while you were in high school or middle school and you're able to use that? What are some of the things that you would have learned faster, do you think? I would have been so much better. <laughs> I honestly would have been so much better. Because, yeah. like, the number one question you get as an Olympian, like, when you go talk to kids is, you know, what would you have done differently? Mm-hmm. And what I find on our site is tons of things I would have done differently. 
And you know, when we do interviews, like Adam shaking his head, because we talk about this all the time, like when we do interviews, I get so fired up. Like yeah. I get off the interview and I'm like, oh, like if I had known that when I was competing, you know? And so, you know, like I would have meditated. I would have done yoga. Do you meditate today? I'm starting to. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've actually noticed a difference. I've only done it a couple of weeks, but it's kind of like my New Year's resolution. Good for you. Yeah, it's um, awesome. So you would have meditated. You would have done yoga or some other things. Um, I would have. I would have trained specific to my event, which a lot of kids are doing these days. Okay. Um, I would have trained weights specific to my event. So a lot of the movements that you're doing. I was in there, lifting with the football players. You know. Oh whoa. So that's, yeah, that's yeah, not supposed to happen. I don't know much about swimming, but yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen these days. But it's the same coach, right? Okay. So like when I was at Cal, you know, the same guy that was coach, you know, that was doing weights for the football players and the baseball players, you know, doing something for the swimmers. We're obviously doing a little bit different than them, mm-hmm. but a lot of the same. How was the so. diet back then? Was do you look at it like that was crazy or was it okay? Um, I had a nutritionist the last year that I competed. Other than that, I, we had no idea at that time. So you're just eating Big Macs and whatever because you're, you're exercising what, like six yeah, hours a day. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, and you think about like we were eating right before we went to bed, mm-hmm. you know, like all these kind of crazy things and we just thought like, hey, eat pasta the night before and you'll be fine. I think there's so. a, a mindset also of the athlete today, at least something that I've learned from doing interviews and being, you know, building the Athletes Village when I was competing in track and field, I was an athlete when I was at the track and, mm-hmm. you know, warming up and for, and I knew that I was there to compete, but there was a, a there's a mindset now that I think <clears throat> that I would have had today learning from the athlete's village that you're an athlete all the time. It's what you eat, how you sleep, how you recover, how, how you, you know, try to be consistent with going to bed and waking up and, mm-hmm. and just the whole day, you're an athlete, not just when you're leading up to practice and coming home from practice and all of that. It's just well, this is a good question to some um, athletes. Is one thing that you guys um, have dealt with is the nerve, right? The nerves starting going. Like you're about to start in track, you're about to start in swimming, and those do build up. I don't care how many times you've done it, the butterflies get going. Yeah. But when it's time to go, and this could transcend just. Um, uh, kids that might be listening to this and parents and giving tips on that, but also um, entrepreneurs that need to go give a public speaking talk and you those nerves. So how do you like yeah. hone that in and be like, yeah, I know you're there, but it's it's time to perform. Yeah, I think it's training your brain, you know, to perform at a certain at a specific time. So for me, it's all about the routine beforehand. And nerves are great. Mm-hmm. Like nerves are energy. Like I love, you know, getting that. That's what I miss. One of the biggest things mm-hmm. I miss. But kind of high. Yeah, I feel that too. That's why I do a little bit of crazy shit. But yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) right. And it's like you know, it's why people jump out of planes. It's why you get addicted to certain Mm -hmm. things, going fast skiing or whatever. So for me, it was the routine. Though it wasn't if I'm doing the exact same thing leading up to walking up on the blocks, my brain knows like boom. All right, we're gonna. It's we're ready to go. Like it's time to go. Mm -hmm. Like and so I think where people, you know, get nervous and it becomes negative is. They're doing something different every time. Everything looks, you know, oh my God, what if my goggles fall off? Or, oh my God, what if this happens? You know, so honestly, it's what I tell kids is any sport you do, if you can get into a good routine before you get out there and actually compete mm-hmm. um, and get into a good routine also of resetting yourself. So like quarterbacks, 
you know, you throw an interception, they go back to the sidelines. You see a lot of these guys, same. Every time you see Brady, you know, Tom Brady, he's like got an iPad and he's like, it doesn't matter if he threw a touchdown or if he threw an interception. He's right back into that routine of like looking how the defense set up, how they react, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. So I think, you know, you notice, you know, successful athletes, I just, you know, we're studying them, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's fun to watch and see like where the consistencies are. I think uh, looking back on nerves also, mm-hmm. that nerves are something that I think can be embraced. Yeah. You know, you spend a ton of energy getting ready for something. That in itself is unique. We go through a, d- a daily routine. It's just kind of this. Uh, uh, but mm-hmm. if you're really focused on something, then, yeah, you're going to have nerves because you're going to test what you're what you're trying to achieve, whatever it is. It can be a public speech. It can be, you know, a, an athletic event. It can be a number of things, asking a girl out even, right? Sure. So it's something that you put a ton of energy into. You should be a little bit nervous, but that's cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look right. at that as a unique life experience. You could also be using that <laughs> as, like, uh, training as a young athlete towards, like, if you don't end up becoming a professional athlete, if you know how to deal with nerves, then you're going to be able to go into job interviews more comfortably. You're going to be able to deal, like you said, with girls more comfortably. You're going to be able to ask for raises more comfortably, promotions, start a business if you want to do that more comfortably because yeah. you were used to doing that. But like resetting the nerves and going through and getting that kind of advice when there is a lot of people out there that just kind of freak out at the whole thing. And yeah. so they kind of collapse us from that from that playing field, which is too bad. And it's too bad also because I think a lot of people feel this fear of failure, Mm -hmm. a judgment of of not winning or not getting that yes or not having a successful speech or whatever it is. But that's just part of life. And and you learn from these things and you do better next time, hopefully. And Mm -hmm. again, looking back on things, there's no failure. It's, It's all success. It's you may not have achieved your goal, but that's so great that you tried. And the important thing is that, like, right now there is a resource for athletes to go to that are new to this whole thing and are trying to figure stuff out. And if they are having a problem with nerves, because I know a lot of people that I'm doing, they, there actually is a place to go where you can ask how to deal with that and you have Olympians answering these questions for you. Like, holy shit. That's some valuable information. It's that's crazy. free. Yeah, it's crazy. That you guys built, which I love so much. So that's there, and that's been, like, just sitting void for ever since humans existed. And now you guys have actually put it together, and I freaking love it, and it's starting to blow up, and it's freaking exciting. Um, and the amount of people you've been helping is just, like, it, it warms my heart. But, Adam, so you've been an entrepreneur, so when it came for large portion of your life how did you end up finding mark and how did you guys decide to start the athletes village well I mean, we met in college we were, he was going to the pool i was going to the track we our paths crossed a lot what college did you guys go to uc berkeley that's right the bears um, <laughs> we uh one thing for me and this is another thing that I'm, i've learned a lot about how i would have handled this differently just through what what we're building here um i didn't really like hanging out with the people I was competing against on my track team. I didn't mind hanging out with the sprinters and the jumpers, but I was a distance runner Mm -hmm. and everybody on my team was all, you know, competing and we're all pretty close to as good as each other. So there was this tension that I just, I wanted to step away from. So I ended up hanging out with a lot of swimmers and water polo players. And that's kind of how Mark and I met. And we just stayed close for years and years and started talking about, um, Mark brought up. When was the first time? Yeah. When was the first time the idea sprung up? 
Well, you know, it's yeah, it's been something in the back of my head for a really long time. Um, when Were I got you thinking done, about that in the Olympics, like well, saying after the, the Olympics, gold medal, yeah, you're yeah. like, man, I wish there was a resource. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gone so much faster. <laughs> the first uh, always think of that. Yeah, that a little bit. No, I think yeah, it was like Olympics. right after that. You know, like I grew up in an area where, you know, right outside of D.C. and it wasn't like high end, like you know, very rich area or anything mm-hmm. to that effect very middle class and um, I, I just honestly believe like we didn't receive the same resources that a lot of other kids did I didn't have a personal coach or a speed coach it's still the same case today yeah, is yeah. what I'm hearing like my nephew he swims for Penn State and yeah. he's like the football team gets this royalty treatment and we're like they, yeah. they don't even get all the scholarships they need yeah. yeah and I think this is a way that you can level the playing field right mm-hmm. and I was super frustrated after the Olympics like there wasn't really anything set up for us by the USOC to give back. And I could give a clinic in front of like 100, 200 kids, but how many of them are actually listening? And it's kind of worried that I'm turning into some of the parents psycho, you know, like mm-hmm. they listen to what I'm saying. They're going home and they're like, yeah, we're going to do this, this, this. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, trying to be very careful what I talk about. But um, for me, I wanted to touch as many people and kind of like you said, like it's human nature to pass on what you've learned to the next generation. Yeah, people love to teach done it like, since the beginning of if man. you don't like to yeah. teach you're not a human especially about something you're passionate about yeah right and so it's, it's like your love for books you know like I've seen you on LinkedIn and a few other spots where you're you know hey you guys should check this out <laughs> yeah. and that's something you're passionate about like I'm passionate about swimming I'm passionate about just my experience right? have you have you ever given advice either one of you guys to a rival while you were competing against them because they just came up and asked you I know you were hanging out with Mark and the swimmers, so maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, pro- you should see me. Maybe on a, a very light, in a light way, but it's an odd thing not to a do. Direct rival. I mean, there were. It's not necessarily a smart thing to do. I'm just curious. When I was competing, there would be people who weren't as fast as I was who would come up and ask me questions, and mm-hmm. I would be happy to chat with them. But they were not. I wouldn't consider them a rival. They were okay. Rather, you know, more like someone I would want to help. Even okay. Every once in a while, I'd let yeah. someone beat me yeah. just because I knew I could feel really good. That's cool. In that particular yeah. race, but right, I wouldn't say I can't. Nothing comes to mind exactly. Yeah. To you. Uh, I would say like one of the coolest things in my life <clears throat> that happened was uh, at Olympic trials, only two guys go, and I was on a team that was training at the training center in Colorado Springs. So only two guys go. Sorry, really quick. Out of like each, um, for each event, each event, okay. Except for the hundred freestyles because of relays and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but. Um, Two guys go, doesn't matter if you're the world record holder, doesn't matter if you're first in the world, you know, it doesn't matter if you're injured or sick or whatever that day, two guys go. Mm-hmm. Whoever touches, the first two people touch the wall first. And I trained with a guy, Byron Davis, who could have been the first African-American at the time to make an Olympic swim team for the U.S. And he came in and probably ranked like, I don't know, probably like 20th in the world when he came to train with us in Colorado Springs. And we shared a lot of info. Like, we trained together for two years, and he was seated first going into finals. So in trials, he put out the fastest time. And in finals, he was seated first, and I was seated sixth. And I ended up touching him out to make the team. Hmm. And first thing he did was get out of the water, walk right over to me, and gave me this huge hug and lifted me off the ground. And so when I talked to kids and they asked me, like, what's my favorite experience or what's my best memory, they all expect me to be like, you know, breaking the world record and touching the wall, blah, 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 and being on the war stand. My favorite 
of all time is is what he did and it kind of <clears throat> it kind of opened my eyes to you know the importance of like I'm he's gonna be my friend forever like mm-hmm. he's family and he stood behind me at his probably one of his weakest moments right that's a cool story yeah that's a really cool story so that basically <clears throat> goes to show like your gratitude towards his modesty his humbleness I mean his like maturity too, yeah right? Um, where a lot of guys would have just walked away and, or some guys would have just exploded and threw their goggles down, but a big giant hug. But to think of that, to hear that story and then be like, okay, that left the biggest effect on Mark who won Olympic gold, not staying on a podium or anything like that. So perhaps you should treat other people that way as well. When you get beat at things, stuff like that, go up, shake their hand, show good sportsmanship. Don't oh, be yeah. a jerk because look how far it ends up going. Look at the net positive that you had on somebody's life from doing a positive thing instead of letting out your anger demons or whatever is within you. Dude, I can't, I can't tell you how important that is. I mean, if I could say one thing to young athletes and parents and coaches, the most important thing that you can do in sports is what you said, is lean over the lane line and shake the person's hand over the finish line after a game shaking their hand because when all is said and done I'm not going to the club with my medal no I'm not you know going to a barbecue with my medal and hanging out I'm going with the friends I made and now because I was fortunate enough to travel the world and compete I have friends in all different types of countries that I can lean on or you know go visit Mm -hmm. or any of that type of stuff it really hit home with me I had a close friend on the national team die suddenly in a car accident about five years ago and every single guy on the national team showed up, dropped everything, and showed up for the funeral and made sure that his wife was taken care of and still check in on her. So hmm. to me, like, kind of gives me that comfort if anything were to happen, you know? Yeah. It's a family, right? Did um, Did you ever want to give up being in swimming? Oh, dude. Yeah. I asked because yeah. I gave up. I, freshman year I didn't want my dad was a swimmer and stuff and my, yeah. my grandfather and I'm like I was big into football and lacrosse I did those for years but I was like okay I'll do swimming and the the two a days the pool at 6 a.m like all I yeah I didn't last well that part was fun and like that part was, that was fun, fun. That, that was the fun like, to me that was the routine like around my boys yeah <laughs> like seeing that lane line back yeah there. um no, I would say after the 92 Olympic trials, it was kind of that scenario I said earlier. Like, you know, I was, I was ranked second in the world. I was ranked first in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I backed off in the morning in prelims and just missed the world record. Like, I was that guy that touched the wall and the crowd was like, oh! And I was like, what? You know, like, what the hell? And then at night, I was in between my two idols, Pablo Morales and Matt Biondi who was a you know, current world record holder and like legend of all time. You know, he was Michael Phelps before Michael Phelps was popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew how they swam it and I completely changed my race strategy and ended up, I was winning by like a by length and a half with like 10 meters to go and I completely died. Like my body just wasn't ready to swim like that, mm-hmm. that type of race. I usually come from behind and run everybody down. And so uh, I got done, didn't make the team. Again, I was ranked second in the world. Like, magazines had me like winning medals at the Olympics. And he's probably going to be the favorite for the gold or silver. Mm-hmm. So, it was a moment of reflection. It was a moment of pity, feeling sorry for myself, you know. And uh, but with all that being said, like, 
everything happens for a reason, I believe. And yeah. I can give a super strong talk or I can be on the site and helping kids and saying like, look, I've lost at the highest. You can learn my mistake mm-hmm. at a very young level. Like, you know, don't worry about who's next to you. Same with track and field, right? Like, you're not going to change your race because of who's next to you, which is what I did. At hopefully the, at not. the yeah. yeah, hopefully not, right? And so, you know, that's the type of stuff, like, we just, you know, get super excited about on the site is, like, so many people kind of open up and share these, you know, things that we're supposed to protect. Mm-hmm. As an athlete, you're not supposed to share any weakness. You're not supposed to show any weakness. Yeah. Right. Which works against you actually improving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. If you end up talking about your vulnerabilities, and other people could come in and help, and then also, I, I realize I like to talk about my vulnerabilities a lot. Heck, I even post about it socially. Um, and when I when I do, I realize like what I learn from that because I typically when I say like errors and ways I've fallen, I'm talking about that out loud, and then I start realizing hey, you actually came out of that pretty good and everything's okay and the world didn't burn and you learned a lot from that. Um, And as I'm telling that to uh, whoever the person is at the time, it's just going through my head and I'm kind of reteaching myself that everything was okay and look at how much you're learning and you're actually helping other people too. I fully believe that like the most we learn is through failure. That's why I, I love to fail. Yeah. Like honestly, like I'm like sweet. I now learned another way not to do something because that teaches me way faster than a book does. Yeah, the book was kind of talking about don't do this in business stuff, but then I did it myself and screwed up. And now I know. Yeah. Now I know for sure that yeah. that's how you want to do it. It's funny because you can say that to people, and you can't teach it to them. You have to almost have that experience to really learn to embrace that experience. Yeah, like I had to learn the hard way not to wear cotton while being in the uh, Cascades yeah. climbing mountains. Yeah. I almost died. Like, it was covered yeah. in sweat and jeans and everything, climbing the South Sister like 15 years ago, not knowing what I was doing. Almost died with my best friend. He was wearing all cotton, too. Oh, it was ridiculous. That cotton story could kills, take a man. whole podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, when I'm out, like, climbing mountains, you don't see yeah. any cotton on me, except for the bandana, because it soaks up the sweat and keeps yeah. it out of my eyes. Yeah. But, yeah, but I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, you're talking about, like, these failures and stuff. I'm like, man, if there was, like, the Athletes Village when I was going in high school, when I was in high school, like, almost... I'm getting old. 15 years ago. Um, You're a young pup. Yeah. <laughs> um, it would have been something for me to go and be like, hey, I'm thinking about quitting. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it is the right choice. Maybe it's not. I mean, I turned out to be okay, but it would have been good to be like, yeah, no, I've been down that road. That's okay. Why? Like, talk it out. Or take yeah. a break. Yeah. Reset your mind. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of – that's another thing that's great that you'll um, learn – getting on the site is that there are more than one way to yeah. be successful. There are lots of ways you can do it. Yeah. You don't have to specialize early. You can specialize early. What's right for you? Yeah. Maybe you play, you know, there, there are a couple of Olympian um, track athletes who didn't even stop playing other sports until they were in college, which to me, again, that's something I could have benefited yeah. know, that information when I was in high school, but there are a lot of different ways to do things that work. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved to have it as a resource just to be like, hey, I'm thinking about quitting. And then even if after I pulled the trigger and dealing with my, my dad's disappointment, and my mom was kind of, my dad definitely was, and like to know that there was somebody there to listen, that people that may have been through that, and like, hey, this is how 
you know, we've dealt with that because, you know, if you're an athlete going, like if, if you have an Olympian that's like, let's say you have an Olympian in soccer um, that's on the site, which I know you guys do, and um, he was up until deciding to just go like full-time soccer, was also playing baseball and football yeah. um, and basketball. They may have been doing year-round sports, most likely. And then started realizing, no, soccer is the way. And so they decided to like really <laughs> hone in on soccer. Well, that means that those other sports need to be quit. And that means there's going to be some disappointment from certain friends and family members when those decisions pop up. Oh, totally. So like for them to be able to say, hey, I know what you're feeling like. This is how I dealt with that issue with my parents. Because that's, that's a big thing that hangs over all youth youth yeah. athletes heads is disappointing their parents these people yeah. that raised you and they they enrolled you into the program yeah. and now you're going to pick another one over that one but that was dad's favorite that was mom's favorite yeah god and i wish coach, i had like that because I, I went to a dark place back then man yeah. that was a bummer there wasn't an athlete's visit to help me out yeah one of the one of the biggest things that put things in perspective for me as a parent was uh being a coach being a youth volunteer coach mm-hmm. you know and looking down the sidelines and seeing the reactions of the parents to how their kids are playing and then to see the reaction of kids. So it doesn't even matter what age you are. I even did this at the Olympics. When I hit the wall, one of the first things I did was look up and find my parents in the audience, right? Mm -hmm. And you see that for kids of any age, whether they trip over the ball, score a goal, miss a wide open shot, whatever. One of the first things they do is look at their parents' reaction. And if you're one of these parents that has like the overreaction of like, oh my God, or you know, like, you're the best, you know, like all that stuff, just staying mellow. Like you see it with the most successful coaches, right? You look at Coach K, they could be weighed down 12 or down 18. He's kind of like, you know, it doesn't, he, you can't really tell. Belichick, you can't really tell what's going on, you know, as far as where they are in the game. They're keeping this kind of steady pace. And as right. a parent, what I've seen is like that, you know, for me, the higher percentage kids who are doing really well in sports, like when I interview them about their parents, they're like, dude, my parents were super mellow. Like they just told me they love me and, you know, they love to watch me play. And, you know, it's kind of the same. You start seeing the cool thing about this site when you go on there is you start seeing repetition, mm-hmm. you know, and you start seeing from a parent perspective, like, wow, like, Mia Hamm's dad did this, or whatever it is, you know, like, whoever the athlete is on there, we don't have Mia Hamm's dad on there, but I'm just saying, like, whatever the athlete's parent, you know, perspective is, typically what we're seeing is there's this consistency among most of them that has bred success. So what's the why, then? The why of the Athletes' Village? You know, the goal is to... uh, among the goals is to really just help people get the most out of the sports experience to stay active Um, one of the things we were talking about earlier is you know for me I judged my success based on winning and losing when I was competing and at some point the pressure got to be a lot and the fun left left for me from track and field and eventually when When did that happen it was in college. I started getting more and more injuries, and then I would get on these kicks where I would start training really, really hard, and of course, get myself hurt more. Again, all information I could have learned by what we're doing now. But um, there's a huge benefit to sports beyond just winning and losing. It's staying active, staying healthy, being fit, having a healthy lifestyle, being able to play sports with your friends and your kids, 
and your parents as you mm-hmm. as you age and go through life and it's not about winning and losing so you know one of the one of the early whys was to help kids and help parents help kids make good decisions and and get the most out of the sporting experience this that staying active for life mm-hmm. you see kids for you know reasons that we've probably talked about I don't remember if we already talked about it here but um, you know pressure early specialization injuries just stop having fun stop playing sports you know yeah. something like 70% of kids stop playing organized sports in the United States by the time they're 13 really yeah, 70% yeah. yeah and then you see obesity rates you know bodies are changing and things How weird. are happening but like, oh, <laughs> yeah. huh, what's happening here yeah. what a correlation so if we could just make you know a positive impact on that percentage and take it down from 70 a little bit that would benefit the whole society in a lot of ways i like so, that wise to <clears throat> keep people active yeah really oh, cool so just have more fun with it you know yeah. like i get so sick and tired of hearing stories because we hear it more often than not of like what you said like it almost created a tension between you and your parents. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to disappoint them, and they were so into it, and they've spent so much money, and, you know, all of these, we've done this, we've done that, but it's more like, this is your thing. Mm-hmm. Like, this, have fun. Like, you, you should be out there. Like, I actually I actually lied about it. I actually, <laughs> I, I quit, and, mm-hmm. like, I, I was, like, staying after at school because I didn't want to face my dad's wrath. What a great experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, freshman in high school. Yeah, freshman in high school. Just like, oh, God. And you somehow turned out all right. Yeah. Jury might still. Yeah, yeah. I'm only 31, I guess. You guys said I was still young, so I'll say it that way. No, it's. So, what have been some of your guys' favorite moments? sitting back being the admins of the athletes village and a question comes in and some answers come in and you're like that was fucking awesome or that was awesome if we want to edit that out later <laughs> no that's, that's, that's what you said right there is for me the the biggest thing you know we've gone out to you know test groups and talk to people about what they would want to ask and when we were building the product and then and doing some interviews with the, those questions but when i see a question come in and then i see an olympic athlete come answer it and then I see a psychologist that's not answer it yeah, and yeah. that's not Mark <laughs> yeah. um, and I see a parent of an Olympic athlete come a- answer it and, and just a regular a great parent mm-hmm. who has some smart things to say yeah. and now this, this person reaches out to our community looking for some help looking for an answer and you have you start to have a body of work of answers from different awesome sources mm-hmm. and yeah. there there's a, the whole experience for me I mean, that just makes me feel as happy as can be. Someone looking for help, using our platform, and getting help. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, a question coming in and it just going massively viral. Like, you know, I would just think one example would be a question came in, like, how did you guys deal? Like, it was, to, it was addressed to, like, the female athletes on the site, period. And it said, like, how do you guys deal with, like, your naturally changing body, you know, as you're going through sports? Because girls obviously change. You know, their bodies changes are going through and uh, man talk about hitting a passionate point mm-hmm. we had pro athletes coming from every direction every sport that we represented on the site you know answering this question with passionate answers you know and supportive yeah, yeah and you know. this thing I forgot what I forgot the numbers on it but it was like this thing hit like 32 countries or 26 countries I want to yes. be right yeah like 26 countries in 24 hours 
couple thousand views. Right. You know, so it was it was insane how you know someone just had this simple question, and it was like this youth athlete or whatever that came on there and asked it right and all of a sudden they're probably like whoa they're gonna probably get <laughs> notifications like this person hit this person hit it yeah. you know so yeah. that's got to be cool for them mm-hmm. to kind of get that type of feedback and on just on questions like that another thing is that you can ask it anonymously so if you're worried about being judged or if you're a parent yeah. and you don't want to be calling out your kid but your kid's showing signs of you know using peds or having mm-hmm. some issues with depression or anxiety or eating disorders or whatever it is you can ask anonymously and the community is there supporting so yeah um have you guys been seeing any like uh trends going on the side as far as like um things that people are really into as like a society lately when it comes to i don't know like diet questions or uh, oh yeah or like workout questions that like that's not the way I was trained, but I guess that's what's going on now. Yeah, I mean, nutrition is a huge part of the site, and there is a ton of amazing information. But one of the questions somebody posted was, um, "It's a track and field one, and it's some, something to the effect of, what are the biggest mistakes runners make in their first big race?'" Mm-hmm. Which I can relate to because as a former runner, like you. You competing in all these little league meets or whatever. At some point, you're going to make it to a sectional championship or maybe a state championship or who knows. And at one of these times, you're going to be a sophomore or a junior in high school, and now you're at this competing against all these different schools and all these different colors and all these people here, crowds, parents, coaches, college recruiters. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really really different environment. That that question got so many views. Oh, yeah. um, it's crazy. It, it just it, it's kind of astounding to me when I look at it and I see the view count on it. It's pretty trending wise. I think like yeah yeah we've seen ton of like plant based questions. Yep. Yeah, I'm not um, surprised by that. Sports specific training. So like, you know, swimmers have been talking about a lot of this new stuff that's going on where you're sp- doing a lot of sprint training, training mm-hmm. your body to be at a certain speed versus distance. Mm-hmm. You know, like, trying to create a base. Um, we're getting a lot of these questions related to, you know, just different techniques you can use mm-hmm. for recovery. There's also so. a, a little bit of a trend of transition to career. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's been something that's been hitting lately, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you're not it's tied into depression a too. Competing yeah. athlete forever. So. Yeah. No. Um, and so, do you? What What would be like advice to um, athletes that are really getting into their prime and their pros now um not depending on the sport and they might be short-sighted i see mm-hmm. it a lot when it comes to nfl players that go bankrupt that are 80 percent of the time or just how they're treating their bodies and it's not going to last like that forever as far as rebound effect um i could go into drugs which i'm sure you guys know a little bit of that dark side of the world um but what do you think would be some advice to people that are looking short sided to their to their bodies in the long haul like you know you're not going to be in your upper 20s early 30s forever i would say find someone who's navigated what you're doing successfully and kind of reach out to them mm-hmm. you know it's kind of what we're doing but that is what you, you know, guys are doing it's, yeah. so but, mentorship yeah like it's sort of a mentorship mm-hmm. you know like when i was coming up through the ranks i saw that pablo morales had and he was the world record holder at the time in my event he had uh, done a, a deal with uh, the Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. and he had 
you know, brought, he taken on, you know, being a mentor to a, a young kid in East Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is cool. And he, you know, I heard him talk about it. And so you know, I read about it and I went to, you know, I went and did the same thing. And it was actually one of the coolest thing. I mean, he yeah. met, he met Ovid and, you know, had this kid who had five brothers and sisters was in the hard part of Oakland and he became like a mainstay in our house at the water polo player swimmer house, you know, that's so, pretty cool. But just distracts you from all of the stuff that you start thinking about sure. in college, right? As far mm-hmm. as like having to perform at a certain level, both academically mm-hmm. and there's a real world yeah. outside of your athletic world. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of bases you, yeah, grounds you down a little bit. I think a little bit just to what you were talking about there, you know, for, for pe- athletes who are short sighted, you know, I think it's important if they have the ability to to see enough into the future that they can look to somebody who they idolize a little bit like Pablo with you and, and maybe look to them for mentorship. But unfortunately, there's something with being young that you feel like you're never going to die and like I'm different or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to teach that and to mm-hmm. pass that on to those people. But again, an athlete who's looking to improve on one element of what they're doing in their own sport on the athlete's village can find information about that there and, and hopefully hopefully not too late get something from it before it's too late yeah who do you think the athlete's village <clears throat> helps more the parents of athletes or the athletes themselves i think it's a great question um i think it's who uses it more yeah honestly i mean one of the complexities of creating this 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 platform is that it we're bringing three distinct different groups together obviously there's a relationship between them but it's it's really if you focus on one of them you can you can really direct all your energy into that group but we're trying to bring these groups together so that the information can be shared Mm -hmm. um so that's been one of the complexities but i think to answer the question if you use the site a lot you're going to benefit a lot from it if you use it a little you're going to benefit a little bit from it Mm -hmm. so yeah, you can go on and read and read and read. And what read are and what read. are some ways that like parents have benefited from it? Athletes, uh, parent, uh, parents of athletes. Uh, I would say that seen. there's such a pressure out there for parents nowadays to have your kids specialize early and to get on travel team early. Yeah, or you get left behind. Mm-hmm. And it's hard as a parent because these kids that do specialize early and start training all these extra days when they're young, I know they're going to burn out and they're going to get injured. There's a way higher chance of them getting a really? major, major yep. injury at a young age. I didn't way know that. Way higher chance. And so, why do you think that is? It's repetitive. Yeah. Just some muscles major. just Not getting torn. All the muscles. Ninety-nine percent of the time. Some of them. Interesting. Yeah. Ninety-nine. Is that why Tiger Woods fell apart? Yeah. I mean, look at him now, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's lasted longer than others, and and he was fortunate enough when he got to a certain level that he had all of these amazing yeah. people helping him, right? But. You know, I'm not saying not to specialize. There are certain kids yeah. that have that mindset where they're like, oh, my God, the only thing I love is baseball. I don't want to play any other sports. Yep. Don't force me to play other sports. If you okay. swing a bat so many times, it's going to... Yeah, but if yeah. you if you do that, then what's your injury prevention routine? Yep. You should be doing bands. You should be doing all this injury prevention stuff from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Like, I was super fortunate to have a coach who was really into that. And so I never had a major injury you know, when I was competing, which was shocking because I was a butterfly, right? And so, yeah. um, like yeah, I said... That's making you like, do all sorts of crazy shit with your muscles. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right? a it's big just, movement. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I chose that event. But <laughs> it's, yeah. 
but hey, you won. not the smartest yeah. one. But um, yeah, but that's it. Like that's the cool thing that you'll see on the site is like everybody's got their own way of getting to this point. But if you're gonna go this route, then we've got people who have done that. Yeah. Right. So parents like they could find perhaps lessons into why hey, this trend right now is going towards specialized, but here's some reasons why you shouldn't. Come to yeah. Athletes Village and ask. Like, yeah. could help if they're also doing soccer. Or yeah. for, like, Ben specifically, for people watching us in Ben, like, there's a big craze on, like, you know, making your kid awesome at skiing or snowboarding, yeah. and, like, that's it. Like, well, should it? Should you get them in soccer or uh, baseball or whatever the case may be? I haven't heard that argument before. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, all that's, the stats show us that... You know, if you specialize young, young means under the age of 11, then your chance of injuries go way up, your chance of quitting by the age of 13 go way up, Mm -hmm. your chance of having nagging injuries for the rest of your life go up. Hmm. So, you know, if you're going to do it, just make sure you're doing the injury prevention stuff, you know, especially if you're a girl. Like, women have, I think it was a six-time or eight-time higher chance Get an ACL tear than men just because of the way their body their is hips set are up. wider, so the angle of the leg is a little bit different. Interesting. So, it's more okay. so you know, people like Boss Training here in town are doing an amazing job helping young athletes. You so, know, how, do, how do women, so Boss, like, well, like, what would be a takeaway for women that are watching or listening to this podcast on how they should prevent an ACL? from blowing go online you can go on our site you can go on youtube you can find acl prevention injury Mm -hmm. exercises so that's on the athletes village as well people helping with okay awesome yeah there's a whole separate section on that um and like i said you know there's there's organizations that are out there that are specifically training kids to avoid injuries Mm -hmm. there there are a lot of uh i'm just remembering this kind this conversation from some of the uh pro and u.s level lacrosse women so many of them did another sport like cross country i mean it's still running but it's not the side to side start stop all that stuff so it's still an endurance sport you're Mm -hmm. still getting fit you're staying active and athletic but you're you're doing this instead of you know this and it develops the muscles around the knee around the leg obviously a ton of stuff around but it develops everything so that it holds it together better you know so that's that's part of in injury prevention as far as it relates to not specializing. Another thing I want to say about specializing early is let's just say you choose a sport, swimming, and you're specializing. You're in the pool way more, five days a week, six days a week, whatever it is. Well, yeah, you're probably going to be better than if you're nine than the other nine-year-olds. So you're going to have this expectation on yourself moving forward when you're 10 and 11, 12, 13, and now everybody's going five days a week, six, seven mm-hmm. days a week, whatever. And all of a sudden, you're not way up here and everyone's kind of catching up to you and what does that do up here you know I've always been better and now I'm going into high school expecting to be the best swimmer and I'm maybe the second best on my team now maybe I'm third best maybe I'm barely the best how much of the game do you think is mental compared to physical I think that could screw you up yeah no I I agree so but a lot of people are all like oh I got to make sure that I'm doing the right training regimen and all this stuff like what about working on your mind to be prepared for that it's huge well, yeah, I mean, that's, I think... That's why you said meditation. Maybe that's one of the reasons that you were thinking. I was like, working on the mind, have control of, like, pushing out that noise. Yeah, to visualize. You know, I think the more you visualize your event, and, the like, it helped me if I had swum in a certain pool, so I could visualize it even better. The more I visualize, the less nervous I got. Mm-hmm. 
Like you're just kind of doing what you've already already run through your head a thousand times. Yeah, right. So yeah, I think it makes a huge difference. I think, you know, you're you're seeing like the mental side of it, especially you know the way kids are training these days. Football, baseball, basketball, you name it, any sport that's on our site, they're all talking about being in game type situation. Always being put in game type situation. You hear it with Steve Kerr talking about the Warriors, you know, or Belichick talking about the Patriots. Yeah. It's all about being put in that situation. So when you're actually in that situation, you're competing without even thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, the best races I've had as an athlete, I'm the worst interview. Because they're like, hey, what do you think of this? You made a move here. And I'm like, Dude, I don't even remember. You know, like that's you know that's where I plan so to make fun. a move, yeah. but I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like I just the best races I had. I don't really even remember it that clearly. It was more of just like you know in motion and your body's just doing it because it's been trained. Okay. I think another part of the sorry another oh, part fine. of the um, visualization thing is visualizing preparing. So you can visualize the race all you want, and I used to try to visit tracks. You know that I'd be competing at later in the season just to you know do a workout there and know what it was like but if you know how you're gonna warm up also and you practice that and you visualize that then you're even that much more prepared so you're like okay this is the time I'm gonna start my warm-up I'm gonna run down here I'm gonna stretch here for this long I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this I've already got that all in my head before and then I, I get to the race which I've also visualized so the whole process you know for me would get visualized I think that's all part of that mental game do you like hone in? You get like when it comes to the nerves. We touched on this earlier, but I just want to come back to it again from what you guys are saying right now. When you're stepping on the block or coming up to the track, and there's an audience around you, but because you've been visualizing how you're going to do it, if you were not to visualize it, would that make the nerves on another level that cause you to freak out? Or because you're visualizing, because you're practicing, this is the laps, this is the way I'm going to run, and stuff like that, and why you don't remember during those interviews could be directly corresponded to just the fact that you're mentally were there. You mentally understood that what you needed to do. That's exactly it. Your body's already been there. It's comfortable being there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, the most, one of the most influential things that ever happened to me in sports was Michael Jordan came and talked to the national team after I didn't make it. And he said to me, somebody asked him the question, like, what do you think separated you from the other players? Like, you're the best versus great, great players, great athletes in the NBA. And he said, every day, every time after I had a really bad game, I would stay after and practice, practice, practice what I did wrong. And he goes, 90% of the guys that I play with, if they have a really bad game or they miss a game-winning shot, they throw a tantrum, won't talk to the press, won't talk to the coach, won't talk to anybody else, bang their locker, get dressed, and get out of the locker room as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I've watched athletes, and I think, you know, I see that. I see people that have this, you know, they never want to lose ever, but they also are just type A as far as like trying to learn from their mistakes. Hmm. Exactly what you said in the beginning. So, okay. So let's say that I'm a uh, professional athlete, which I'm not, and I know how to train, which I don't, and I know what to eat, which I don't, but let's say I did. How do I go on the Athletes Village and help other people? Simple, man. You just sign in. It takes you two minutes and start looking for questions that you're passionate about answering. You know, you can filter by sport. You can filter by 
specialty, whether it's nutrition or psychology or parenting or whatever, mm -hmm. and just start looking. You know, there's kids all over the world that are asking questions on there. I mean, t this morning we checked it out, and 61 countries, 61 different countries visited our site last month. That's awesome. So, um, you know, if if you've ever traveled or if you've ever been to a poor area in the U.S., you see like there is a ton of talent, but they don't have the, I don't know, they just don't have the information on how to train smart or compete smart like a lot of other people do. So if we can level that playing field and just make it like, look, if you can get access to the internet, yeah, you, know, you, you have pretty much the same stuff I have. Mm -hmm. So That's awesome. I'll also say that since you are a professional athlete and you know how to train <laughs> and you know how to eat, you can go on and read read some of the questions that have already been posted and, and a lot of amazing answers. And even you, with all your amazing skills, oh, can probably learn something. <laughs> thanks, Adam. You also, I definitely can learn more. <laughs> but you also can throw in your two bits as well. So yeah. uh, there are a ton of questions on the site, and which is one of the things I love, which makes so much of it a great read. You know, a question that has 25 answers. Yeah. You know, from everyone from an Olympic athlete to a parent to a, a kid who's had some success doing something you know you can click the answer this and and, and share your your answer as well hmm. and the community votes it up yeah you so know it's not like you're a pro athlete and you jump on there and i'm a high school athlete and i jump on there and i give a way better answer than you like you're always going to beat me popularity that's interesting contest. i mean you might get me I, I should probably go on and maybe i could help some people out i mean what I have realized as being an amateur mountain bike enthusiast is since I went plant-based a year and a half ago, I was mountain biking before then, and I was having a hard time getting up a certain hill, and then all of a sudden I went plant-based, and within two weeks I just yep. destroyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely destroyed it. I'm like, okay, I've been working on that hill for a few months now, and now I just started eating, I, I cut out meat and dairy, and I just... yeah. I thought it was gonna be opposite. I was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna have as much energy because I don't get, I don't have my chicken breasts, I don't have all that stuff." Yeah. No, it's the exact opposite. So maybe it could help. That's you, exactly should, the yeah. point. You could help yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like it's, it's like my my daughter out of the blue, like last year, goes, "I'm going, I'm vegetarian. Yeah. I'm not eating any meat." And she has her views on killing animals and sustainability of the earth and feeding the population. And I support her. Yeah. And but how does she get her protein, right? And so like you know like it's the it's the from age plants. old question. Yeah, yeah. From plants. And where do animals get the protein from? From plants, right? Yeah. And so yeah, you know that. But again, you know she doesn't. Yeah, like most kids, she doesn't like vegetables for the most part. So like to me, it's like what am I feeding this child? But you She's know, a vegetarian I doesn't put, like vegetables. <laughs> That's gonna. That's, that's, that's that gonna goes be, really. That's, uh, that's gonna be fun. She's no meat, so yeah. yeah. So to me, like, okay, we've Lots got beans potatoes. and we've got yeah. You know, like <laughs> I'm trying to like find all these healthy things, but yeah, I've been on there asking questions because and my wife too. Yeah. Because you know things come up when you're a parent, and yeah. Well, um, the protein hides and like so many. I even broccoli has protein. So many things have protein, so she'll be fine. Especially if she's living off of beans, then yeah, she'll be yeah. fine. Um, okay, last question. Advice for you guys as younger selves. So don't my do favorite a, one. Don't do a startup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. Um, I think I would allude to what I what I mentioned before. You know as it relates at least to sports. Um, 
you know, it, it's not just about winning and losing. The whole ride, the whole process, the, the gift of, that you give to yourself of committing to try to do your best at something is, is really what the journey is. And, and I've taken that from sports and, and, and done that with the rest of my life as mm-hmm. well in other things. But the gift of sports to me is being active and being healthy and being able to stay active and stay healthy. Um, it's not about trying to compete at the highest level all the time, um, which my younger, stupid self, short-sighted, didn't have the Athletes Village to help me. At the time. <laughs> um, didn't, didn't know. It didn't see that, well, yeah. But I yeah. see it so clearly now. I, I would say two things from me. Um, the first one would be People just need to realize, like, as a human, not even not an athlete or not a certain level athlete or anything like that, you have this amazing gift and this amazing power to help other people. And we all have something that we're passionate about. We all mm-hmm. have something that experiences that we've been through that we can help people guide through much better than we did. Right? And so stop sitting back stop being lonely you know like go on and find a way whether it's through our site or through something else where you can help other people Mm -hmm. i mean sports to us is one of the last things we have as a human race that can truly unite anybody whether it's different religion different skin color different gender different you know like you name it it has that amazing power Right. And so that's one of the things we're looking to leverage. And I would say the second thing, which is completely different, but one of the main questions and things we deal with on the site is this attitude of these kids that are like 13, 14, who are quitting sports because, you know, they've just gotten to a point where they just burn out or they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel type thing. They think that light is a train coming yeah. out. Yeah. Right? Dealing with the younger me. From From my experience, and this is not. This could be any level of college athletics. Um, If you can stick through sports in high school and have the opportunity to compete in college, whether it's community college, D3, whatever, it's an amazing experience. Like Mm -hmm. everything you've done and put into high school sports is quadrupled in the give back when you compete at the college level because from my experience, those are friends that I'm going to have. I'm so tight with you kind of like, you know, you're, you're going through this super hard experience of like school and everything's different and thousands of people around you and all this, but you've got this family yeah. who's taking care of you. Right. And so to me, it's not about, I know it's cliche, but it's not about the awards and the accolades and all that stuff, man. It's about just making it through having that a great experience, tough it out. Everybody goes through that burnout phase. You know, I went through it a couple times in mm-hmm. high school. You know, I missed all the great parties. Like every party was the amazing party that you can't miss. And I had practice at 5 a.m. next morning. My parents were like, yeah, you can go until 8. And that's like, or 9. And that's like when the keg got there. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, ah, you yeah. Know. So, you know, that that's, that's one of the things I want to like just get out there. Like just go have fun. You know, you can last through it. And for parents, just... You know, it's about your kids. Right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I know you want the best for them, and I know you see like what great athletes can get on the back end. But honestly, it's all about the experience. Like when it's all said and done, you want to have a great relationship with your kids, and be able to sit back when you're older and laugh 
about like ah oh, you know like that was so cool watching you do this and this when you played these sports uh, it's all about the experiences it's awesome so how do um how do people find you guys personally to connect with you guys ask any questions a and then b obviously how do they find the athletes village you can contact us through the website yeah theathletesvillage.com um our Social media is TAV Sports for Instagram. No, for TAV Sports 1 for Instagram. Yep. TAV Sports for Facebook, Twitter, everything else, Tumblr, you name it. Yeah. Um, you can find us if you look. We'll put that in the link yeah. bio too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can connect through our contact us on the website. Sure. And give us advice. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care what level of athlete you are, like, give us advice. Like, we want to hear, like, how can we make this even better? You know, for the experts, for, you know, the 10-year-old, yeah. 12-year-old, 13-year-old, you know, that's on there for the parents. Yeah, yeah I mean, I could see parents going on and giving advice on all ranges of subjects. I have seen it, but, like, parents, honestly, if you're listening, like, how many things have you seen over the years of watching your kid grow up through a sport or sports that you're like, oh, I know how to answer that question. I've seen that happen to my son and my daughter and I totally can help another kid out or another parent help yeah. their kid out. And how good are you going to feel from doing that? Yeah. So go on the Athletes Village, check it out, sign up, help people. That's what this is all about. That's the why. Help people and keep them active. There you go. Guys, thanks so yeah, much for being on. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you for watching Torquem Talk. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please hit subscribe and or follow to be notified when we launch our next episode. Have a good one.